0: Hey everybody, this is Jackson Swear, entrepreneur and navigator at Startup Hutch, and your host for The Hot Seat. I'm really looking forward to our conversation for our very first episode of The Hot Seat with Logan Lawson. He's the owner-operator of Sensor Dynamics, a local software and sensor production company. Aged just 24, Logan is a young entrepreneur, but I think that his story contains some lessons for anybody who is looking to start or grow their business. We'll be talking about the importance of perseverance and how he's built a team around him to help him successfully launch a business. Take a listen. All right, can you say your, your name and where you work and what your business is? yeah
1: so i'm logan lawson i'm the founder ceo of sensor dynamics we build sensors for industrial equipment uh when did you start this business i started it my senior year of college so roughly three years ago i um, developed the idea while i was still taking classes to kind of prove it and see if it was a thing and then i developed some prototype hardware before graduation and then upon graduation i moved back here and started the firehouse acquisition actually i did that before school was actually over and then Moved right into the buildings, started taking on interns and
0: all the fast track startup stuff. Okay. So tell us a little more about the firehouse situation and where you located the business. Our listeners may not know where that is. So mm-hmm. can you, can you yeah. t- tell them what that yeah. is?
1: So um, Christmas one year we were looking around. I was kind of playing with the idea of moving back home and uh, starting the company. And we were driving around. We were looking at the original taxicab building across from Memorial Hall. But um, then we just happened to drive by Old Fire Station 1 on Avenue B, diagonal from City Hall. We saw a piece of paper in the window of the garage door, went up to read it, and it happened that the building was actually vacant and it had been since 2016, and they were opening it for closed bid. Um, and so we were like, that'd be a perfect building for what we're trying to do. So we contacted um, the city manager, um, and then uh, after a couple different conversations with him, uh, we actually... F- started the deal and kind of finalizing everything we may need to happen and it um we got it passed by city hall and then moved in may of 2020 and uh we've been there ever since it's a perfect building for us we have the upstairs the building's so big that i uh, at the time that that summer when we first moved in i had three interns right in the middle of covid And so we all just moved into the building, treated it like a massive kind of campus. And um, I have an upstairs office where all of us worked. And then they had living areas downstairs and we have two kitchens in the building and everything like that because the building's made for eight to ten people to live there all at once in staggering shifts. And so uh, we did that and I've been in the building ever since.
0: It's perfect for us. Great. So to back up a little bit from mm-hmm. there, so you're you're going to school, you're developing this product, and you're working on building a business plan. What made you decide to take this business where you know you make sensors for industrial companies, which I'm guessing you could probably do in many different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you decide to locate here in Hutchinson?
1: Upon finishing school at Cal Poly, so I was in Central Coast, would have been a perfect place for a software engineering company because that's pretty much all we are. I mean, we do computer hardware or we do sensor hardware development, but we're more of a software company than anything. Um, I fumbled around the idea of playing with it and staying in California. I always thought I wanted to stay in California, but realized that my lifestyle just fit better in Kansas because I grew up here and uh, my family was here, and so we played around with the idea of moving. And Kansas is a great place to develop small companies because the cost of living is just so much lower here, and the uh, population density is just so much lower. And so you can get the space that you need, and then the overall cost of trying that you would have to pay out to keep, like while you're on pre-revenue, you know, you can keep that low and try to
0: push as much money into the company and bootstrap as much as possible. Well, we're glad you're here, uh, obviously, and glad you decided to, to bring a new startup uh, here to Hutchinson. Tell us a little bit about the that journey from developing the product to bringing the product to market and how you approached uh, that process. So
1: our very first industry that we picked, I picked the car wash industry because my parents have been a large player in the car wash industry since before I was born. They've been in it for 40 years. I'm like third generation car rush. And uh, we we were the largest privately owned franchise in the Midwest at one point. So my dad knows all the big players for distribution. And since growing up in it, I knew that the industry didn't have much technology. And um, my parents operate 25 locations um, and drive to them on a daily basis. And a lot of things break while you're gone and you don't realize it until you get there or until you get phone calls. And so just coming off of my uh, Daimler internship where I worked in the autonomous semi-truck division, we had sensors on everything. So you know when something faulted, you knew when something broke instantly. And so I took kind of that idea and um, being there I learned that sensors themselves aren't complicated, it's the the systems of sensors that are complicated. Um, and so I took that, I I took that idea, started processing, maybe putting sensors in the car wash industry because some of the newer equipment that you could spend quarter million, half a million dollars on has some of that stuff. But the older equipment, which is makes up majority market share, um, doesn't have anything like that. And, uh, and I was like, okay, maybe I can put sensors that just retrofit right onto the old equipment where most people won't be spending large amounts of money to upgrade they'll just keep on using the old stuff that is tried and true. And so I developed those ideas. We actually flew out to the national distributor, CleanRight. I met with him, met with the owner, because my uh, dad's been friends with him for 35 years now. We uh, met with him and talked to him about the possible ideas. What sensors do you think he would like think are cool, which ones we were thinking, stuff like that. We process the whole ideas, maybe like what all the possibilities could be and see if it was like a actual viable idea. And he was like, yeah, if you develop this, I'll sell it. And I was like, okay. And so I was like, I'll develop all the sensors that would fit in my parents' application because they pretty much cover any type of application that you can have. And then if they work for us and once the beta testing is all good for our 25 locations, we can move it out to national. So fast forward the clock, two years. Um, beta testing was all done. The app was all developed. Everything. Well, I mean, app development is never done, but proof of concept and minimal vital product for consumer was done. And so we met up with Clean Right again on our second national expo um, in Nashville. He saw our product and said, "Well, that that product turned out really good." I was like, "This is this is a thing. Like this is like full blown like professional grade." And we're like, "Yeah. What do you think we were trying to do?" trying to develop a full-blown company and he was like this looks perfect let's put it in the catalog let's put on the website and so we just launched with them um, about a month and a half ago and uh, we're going national right now
0: all right that's awesome so you mentioned when you first started you had a few interns Uh, do you have some employees coming into the business now what's that looking like
1: yeah so we had we had three interns um, one from K-State two from WSU we gave them all the opportunity to stay one of them was an international student, so he needed to keep on moving. And another one, he went down to Oklahoma and took a software developing job. The uh, one, another one that was actually happened to be a local from Hutch, went to WSU, came back. Um, he's a wizard when it comes to coding. He's always wanted to be in a startup, always wanted to do his own startup. And so he was like in hog heaven. And so he was like, I want to stay on the ground floor. And so he stayed, um, and he's a full blown employee been with us ever since. Uh, He still lives in the building with us. From there, we have him as our main software developer along with I consider myself more of a um, sensor architect slash software architect. I do all the overarching stuff and then also all the business CEO stuff. And then uh, from there, he um, is great at executing all the software development that we need to do. And then we have sensor production. And so I have a production manager. Her name is uh, Lashonda Robinson, and she's awesome. And we also, the software developer is Alex Ratzlaff. We have a couple employees
0: under us and then we're just expanding as we need. Awesome. So starting to bring some jobs here to Hutchinson, Kansas as well and and create some good opportunities uh, for people. It sounds like, you know, you've got some key members of the team there. And often I think that's a really important part of creating a new startup is surrounding yourself with people who can give you good advice. Has there been anybody in particular who's been a key mentor for you or a key resource that's helped you with this process of getting started?
1: Yeah. So um, there, there's of course my dad who's like, I'm he's been an entrepreneur for pretty much his whole life. Um, and so my whole family has been entrepreneurial um, and I grew up in and lived in it. And so uh, he surrounds his life pretty much in it. He's fully invested because that's all he does is do as a self-employed, owns his own businesses. Um, and then also going to Cal Poly. Um, Cal Poly was a massive entrepreneurial school. They had a massive program. Um, and so uh, there was a whole bunch of mentoring and incubator and startup stuff there also. So while I was developing my ideas, I was getting some advice from them before I left. Um, and then I could even reach out now and ask them questions if I need. Yeah, so I, between college and my dad we just and any type of contacts that my dad has for questions that he doesn't know how to answer, um, we just kind of found the right people to talk to.
0: Well, I think getting the right connections is a really important thing, obviously, for mm-hmm. some businesses. Um, that's part of what we do here at Startup Hutch as mm-hmm. well, is try to help people make the connections that they need in order to start and grow their business. I'm curious if you'll be willing to open up a little bit about some of the challenges and the hardships of trying to get something like this started. You know, it sounds like there's been a two-year journey here. You've been developing the product. You mentioned being pre-revenue mm-hmm. and, and, and needing to keep costs down. What, um, what have you found have been some of the biggest challenges for you, and how have you gotten over those? So biggest challenges are that um, once you get the
1: product developed and you think it's ready to go and you're ready to take on as many customers as you want, it takes forever to get the product out there for people to know. Um, and so promotional, just actual um, just presence and overall exposure is just one of the biggest hurdles when you're trying to deal with like a non-local company. If you're trying to deal, if you're trying to have a product that is web focused, that's web sales, then your overall exposure is your biggest hurdle. And so, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I like I developed, I developed what I think is a great product. I mean, I, I go to national shows in Vegas and Nashville, like the International Car Association shows, everyone at the show would be like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like we've been looking for this forever. I developed a pricing structure that I thought was something that wouldn't alienate customers and also would lower the um, barrier to entry as much as possible because this is a technology, of course, you have to, I mean, it's not cheap, but it's also not uber expensive. You have to, you make your money by having a bajillion customers, not by having only a few, or at least that's, that was the business plan I was going for. Um, and so you would leave the international shows with a whole bunch of leads and then everyone just moves so slow. A product acquisition for new customers is just so slow. The biggest hurdles over the two years, I mean, along with exposure is just actually um, teaching new clients and then having dealing with the the newity of the industry, like trying to get in there long enough that people are over the wow factor and also and then eventually start you have to teach them what like what it's going to do for them because initially they think that they know what it is, but then they also, that industry is, they hate change. And so if if you tell them what they're gonna get from it, they're gonna be like, oh, that's cool, but we don't really believe you. Like they're like, we've been doing it the same way for years, we don't wanna change. It's getting the exposure up high enough and then also being there long enough for them to slightly get used to you. And then they're like, oh, okay, maybe, I've wrapped my head around this long enough that I can actually go in there, ask intelligent questions, and then feel like I will like benefit from it. And so it took two years to like, constantly be told we're like the coolest thing ever, but actually start to get or, like raise our pace of getting new customers. And once we signed the national distribution deal, that was when all of a sudden they were like, okay, rubber stamp. These guys are in the industry. Clean Right loves us. They must be cool. We keep on preaching the exact same thing, but all it's all about like who's going to verify you and who knows you. And so the long, big players. Once you start getting into the um, the bigger players, once they see that you're with certain companies, they're like, oh, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should play with you a little bit. And so then, then that's when everything comes. So like, it's just startup stuff is so much fun when you're, but you have to just buckle up and deal with the hurdles and deal with the roller coaster of like of just highs and lows and It eventually comes you, if you develop a product it'll sell as long as it's good um but sometimes you just have to wait for the right time
0: yeah that i think there are probably some great lessons there for even people who aren't necessarily developing a whole new product mm-hmm. about this process of discovery and you need people to learn about what you're trying to sell and decide that you're a credible person to be selling it to them mm-hmm. and and there's a whole. There's a. I like that you framed it as an education process. You have to teach people about what you do and why that why it would be good for them. So, was there ever a point where you thought that you you weren't going to make it? You're going to run out of runway, or no one was going to buy this, or have you been have you been pretty pretty sold on it the whole time?
1: Um, I was sold that it was a solid product, but was I sold that like I would be able to sell to enough people to fully replace my other job opportunities? Um I was a little hesitant. During the roller coaster, I'm just like, okay, I, I I did this, but like it's taken so long, and I could be I could be working for Apple. Like I have friends working for Microsoft and Apple and Snapchat. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm currently eating ramen in my kitchen. There definitely was times where I was like, I second guessed what I was doing, but I would just talk to my dad and he'd be like He's like, this is going to sell. We just have to figure out how to sell it. You got it. Like, it's getting better. You didn't develop anything bad. People are telling us that this is awesome. And he's like, if I can use it on a daily basis and it changed how I operated, other people will see that and other people will benefit from it.
0: It sounds like that having a, a key partner at the... The early stages was really important for yep. your process, then too. Both because it allowed you to beta test it, but it also gave you some confidence that the product was viable because yep. you had at least one customer yep. uh, who used it. Well, let's turn that around then, because there must be something that you like about this because you decided to keep eating ramen in your kitchen. Yeah. Um, so, what do you what do you like about being an entrepreneur and owning your own business?
1: I uh, I like that. I'm in control of what's coming around. While I don't know what's coming my direction 24 7, I'm in control of how I deal with it. And so, and then I can also control how i position for possible stuff to come around when you're working for large corporations like when i was interning at daimler what does daimler do by the way uh, daimler is the parent company of mercedes they're a german company they, they own freightliner western star when i was working for daimler they were i was working on their freightliner division and they were wanting to you know all the semi-truck driver or all the semi-truck companies are racing for the autonomous semi-truck and so i was um, working on their autonomous semi-truck division I was a software developer there, like the, the, um, the division was super small, they brought in twice as many interns as they had employees. We really doubled their division when we came in. And while that felt like we were actual employees, not just interns, which you go to certain internships and you're literally just like a speck on a wall. And then you don't do anything. We were valued as actual employees pretty much because they need as much manpower as they could possibly get. And so instead of hiring people, they just brought in interns. And we were all from Cal Poly, Stanford, and, you know, everywhere else. We developed stuff they would use on a daily basis and that they're currently using and like as they develop the truck even further. But um, you were just an employee and a, a cog in a machine. And if you felt like one way and you needed to do a massive pivot, that was never going to happen. Or if... I mean, if you had enough power to pull it that way, that pivot was going to take months. And I, it was it was annoying when I couldn't pivot it. If I knew there was a better way, but I couldn't change it. Um, that was absolutely annoying because I felt like I was just being useless. When you're running your own startup and you need to pivot, you can pivot instantly. You can change, you can well, completely alter the direction of the company if you have the power to do it. I like positioning for the right thing. and. Not being able to do that and just feeling like I'm just just another puzzle piece—it just it was annoying. Because even if I felt like there was a better way of doing it, I couldn't do it. Owning my own business, I can do all that. Um, and so uh, I love having the control over everything and uh, just being able to feel like I can take the opportunities as they come, because that's like one of the most important things when it comes to business. You never know when something's gonna fall in your lap, but if
0: you're not ready to jump on it then you're going to miss out on opportunities. Sure. You know, you're not very far into this, mm-hmm. but what's one thing you wish you'd known two years ago?
1: One thing I wish I would have known
0: two years ago. Okay, well, yeah, as you said, I'm not very far
1: into it. But I remember when we were thinking about release and we were going into the first expo and we were going to do our massive company launch and we made a big splash. Everyone was like, this is so cool, blah, blah. We were expecting... Um, we were we were shooting for hundred customers in the first year. And that was a that was a big, a big task. And um, and we had it on the whiteboard. We had got enough inventory for all of it. And while we, we got there, it would have been nice to know that it would have been a little slower than expected. Like we ended up achieving our goals, but like it didn't come as quickly as we thought. We thought we were gonna go to the first show and everything was just gonna sell out. Um, cause we were like, oh, we're going to go where we see thousands of people. This is exactly our customers. Like everything's going to be great. No, someone needed to just tell me, Hey, you're going to reach everything you need to reach. But, but it's probably not going to happen as grandiose and fast as you think it's going to happen. Um, it's, and, uh, and I feel like everyone, when they develop a product or they start a company, they're going to, they think once I open that door, you know, like I'm going to be full and I'm going to be busy. Now it don't work like that. You gotta you gotta do like when you start up a new store on Main Street. Your first day may be busy, but then the second day, once everyone sees, once the new factors were off, you gotta work on how to constantly getting reoccurring customers. Got to get everything going. Got to get your presence. Got to get your your um, just the I, the fact that you're open, so that people that don't normally traffic Main Street like know that you're even there. You're like you gotta work on all of that. And so um, I would have loved to not have uh, such grand aspirations and calm myself down just a little bit
0: well i think there's a there is a great lesson in there for anybody this you should have goals should aim for your goals and mm-hmm. if you work hard you can get there but it just might not happen quite as fast as you'd like it to yep. all right logan well thank you for taking some time to sit down and visit with us today and share some about your business as we get out of here is there anything else either about your business or about entrepreneurship that you would really want to share with folks
1: Sure, um, the tech industry is vast, and there's many opportunity. If you have any type of ideas, develop it, and and take the course of every other startup, and just try to get into the massive ocean of all the startup owners. The opportunities are there. I like to think that there's not as many opportunities as like there was back in my dad's generation when all the new ideas were, you know, there wasn't there wasn't companies for every single thing. But there's still opportunities. It's just their their little niche ideas or their things that people have never thought of, and um, that list of stuff is getting smaller, but it still exists. There's definitely opportunity. So um, if you have any type of idea, just don't be afraid to go after it. Um, they, I'm sure they can come to you guys and talk to you about it, and they, you guys can get um, in contact with anyone they may need to know. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, for entrepreneurship, like perseverance is the is the biggest thing. Like nothing is easy. If it was easy, everyone would own a company. If it was easy, everyone would have a startup, and every startup would be making a billion dollars. If you're the start, if you're a startup owner and you feel like life is going terrible and it's the hardest thing ever, and but you, you develop something cool and you fully believe in it and you feel like there's a business plan, just persevere. You'll figure it out because nothing good or nothing worthy comes easy, and so you just gotta stick it out and figure it out. And
0: if you have the perseverance, you can make anything happen. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for taking the time, Logan. Yep, no problem. And also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bauercom for the cover art, and Christopher Racker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, you can find us on our website, startuphutch.com, or on most social media platforms, at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor by sharing the podcast and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll tune in next time.